Hold your Bibles high and repeat this after me. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth, and I receive it. It's your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer, I pray I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. I thank you for these things tonight in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said, Amen. Amen. And as you sit down, I'd like you to open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. Find the book of 2 Timothy. It's in the New Testament. It is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his son in the faith, whose name is Timothy. 2 Timothy. Chapter 4, once you get there, just look up at me. 2 Timothy chapter 4. How long, O generation, are we going to stand idly by and not know the faith which we have been, been given and not know how to defend and not know how to teach and not know how to rebuke and not know how to exhort? How long are we going to sit in black chairs and remain unchanged by the word of God? How long are we going to be a generation that has accepted a stigma that we can't do it, that it's too hard for us to understand, that God is too big for us to reach to. How long, O oh generation, are we going to sit idly by? Listen, I'm telling you, the time to rise up is right now. You think, I'll just wait till I'm 21. I'll just wait until I get right before I get married. God is telling you the time is right now. We are in the last days. Jesus is coming and he will return. And the question is, will he find you faithful? Will he find you full of faith when his foot reaches out of the heavens, when he comes enthroned in glory on that white horse? Will he find us faithful? I've never believed more than right now that we have got to train. We have got to be ready for what God has called us to do. Your generation, my generation, have accepted that this word is too hard for us to understand. We've accepted that the word, when it's preached, if it's not preached in a youth setting, is too much for us to fathom, too much for us to understand. But God is speaking. His word is alive and it's well. And when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, he's speaking to you as you open up his love letter to you. Are you ready to come to the next level? You, and you, and you, and you. Are you ready to come to the next level? Are you ready to come and go where a generation hasn't gone before? Are you? Are you ready to step out and forsake everything if it costs you every friend that you have? Are you ready to walk away from those people that you think are your friends and sacrifice it all and nail it to the cross for the sake of knowing him? Are you ready? Jesus says if anyone should find his life, if anyone wants to find his life, he's going to lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will surely find it. And the truth is we're a generation that has been marked more by the world than we have by Christ. How many of you in this room would call yourself a Christian? How many of you who say, I'm a Christian, could come up here right now and tell me why you're a Christian and what it means to be a Christian? How many of you say, you know what, I, I could totally do that? Where are all the hands? 
Well, all you Christian folks, how many of you say, you know, I'm going to go up there right now, Mr. Kurt. I'm going to tell you why I'm a Christian and what it means to be a Christian. Who, who can do that? Who's going to come right up here and tell me? Why you're a Christian, what does it mean to be a Christian? Here goes. All right. Um, I'm a Christian because my mom had uh, brain cancer. She kind of dragged me into it, but uh, I sort of found a calling for it, you know? Like God wants me to do something. He wants me to save some people and just, you know, wing it, follow through. You know? Who else is going to come? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Who can come up here and tell me? Becky? I thought of it sitting in my seat. It's almost like taking the belief that it, it does call for having a belief that Jesus died and raised from the dead and he, he died for your sins, but it's acting on that belief. I think it's it's following through in what his word says and living a lifestyle that shows your belief. Like it's living a lifestyle that shows that Jesus died for your sins and your life is a result of that. So Christian, good, thank you. You guys are are, are so smart. You guys are, are right on in many of your answers, and, you, and you're, you got some really great answers. This is really good. And I, what, what we're going to begin to do over these next couple of weeks is begin to examine ourselves in light of what it really means to be a Christian. Because I'm telling you, I think that the problem with, with this generation right now, I'm telling you, I've been around in this ministry for some 10 years before I was already in, in sitting in the black chair where you are. I've been in this position for five years. I have graduated a couple of generations already, and I'm telling you, or not generations, but a couple of groups already, and I'm telling you that there's a reason. There's, something's wrong here because people come into D2L or they come into the church, and you guys grow up in the church, and all of a sudden you walk out. After high school, we lose people after high school, and, and then we lose people after college, and why? Because if you don't know what your faith is, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, by the time you get out of high school and get get into college, the professors will destroy that little shred of faith that you have. The people that you begin to hang around with at work, if you're not really sure about what you believe, they will destroy that shred of faith that you have. And so listen, I have always seen it and I believe it today that D2L is a training grounds. We are not here to spoon feed you the word of God. We are not here to pat you on the back and, 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 and just help you get through life. We are here to train you up to be young men and women who will boldly declare the gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ unashamedly and live it out in your everyday life. And I'm telling you that you could be the generation that makes the change. You could be the generation that, that's heart awakens. There's no reason for us not to enter in, in worship. There's no reason for us not to know how to pray, not to know how to study the Word of God. And so I'm very excited about this series. We're going to dive into a series a little bit on apologetics, and we're going to begin to study this evening from the book of 2 Timothy. Are you there? I gave you enough time to get there. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is writing to Timothy. Paul is an apostle. His son in the faith is Timothy, who has taken over the church. And he's writing to Timothy. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, who in this room is a Christian? Okay, this word is written to you. Now, before we get back into this word, I want to ask you this question. How many of you have ever had a conversation with your friends and uh, they have, by the time you're done with the conversations, uh, you have more, you, you doubt God more than you believe in God. You have more doubts in your mind. Your friend has almost won you over in the conversation. You can't even explain to them why you're a Christian. Has that ever happened to anybody? Can you, can you raise your hands? Don't be shy because I'm raising mine too. It's happened to me more than once. 
It, it happens where you, you try to have a conversation, you try to tell somebody about Jesus, and all of a sudden, you don't even know why you're saved. All you know is you grew up in the church. You, do, you don't know what it means to be a Christian. Has that ever happened to anyone or just me? And then you get out of a conversation with a friend, and the friend has got more doubts. He's got, he, he or she has got you to think and more doubts about God than your belief in God. And what we need to do, because this is the way that professors are trained at college. This is the way that your teachers are trained. You have to understand that. There is an agenda in the world you're living in today to take God right out of your mind so that you grow up and never experience him. And the teachers aren't bad, and the government's got not bad. Who is it? Your adversary, the devil. He is trying to take God away from your mind, take God out of your mind. So Paul writes in 2 Timothy, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word. Instant, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Five years ago when I came on to this position full time, I couldn't get away from this scripture. And I, for five years, I have not been able to walk away from this scripture. I have taught you guys this scripture. I have taught our adult staff members this scripture. I cannot get past this scripture. And I finally realized why. This is the call for our generation. This is the call for our generation right now. I'm going to read verse 3 again. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and their ears will turn away from the truth. Let's keep reading. And turned aside to fables. Can I ask you something? Are we living in a time where people are just blatantly turning away from the truth? Have you seen it at your age level? Have you seen it in your school? Have you seen the truth is staring them in the face and they're turning a blind eye and rather than accepting the truth and pursuing fables? Have you seen that? People would rather accept the lie than receive the truth. Am I the only one that thinks that's crazy? Am I the only one that thinks that's crazy? People would rather accept the lie than believe the truth. I want to bring you back to a word in verse 3 here, a phrase. It says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now let me break this down for you. The word sound means uncorrupt and true. When you look it up in the Greek, because that's what the New Testament was written in, it means true. It means uncorrupt. And the word doctrine, who knows what doctrine is? Teaching. Very good. So put it together. What have we got? Uncorrupt, true teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure uncorrupt true teaching that's what paul is trying to get us to understand you know what's interesting paul was writing to a timothy uh to timothy probably when this hadn't happened yet you and i are living in a time when this is happening right now people are turning away from the true teaching and they're receiving the fables and they're receiving they'd rather live in a lie than accept the truth so as christians how do we get our sound doctrine 
What is our sound doctrine? As a Christian, I asked you what it means to be saved, what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be a Christian, to recognize that you were a sinner and you were separated from God. But in his infinite love, he gave a son, he gave his son, who died for your sin, who rose from the dead and is living in heaven right now. And because of that, you can be redeemed from your sin. Without Christ, we're sinners. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that we need a Savior. We need somebody to save us. That's the first part. And the second part is that we need to live like our Savior. We need to live. That word Christian, what does it mean? What does it mean? Little Christ. Christ-like. We have to be like Christ. So sound doctrine. What is Christian sound doctrine? Are you ready for this? The Bible is true. Written by God through man. Sound doctrine. Jesus is the Son of God, fully God and fully man. Sound doctrine. Jesus was born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit. Sound doctrine. Jesus lived without sin, the only perfect man. Sound doctrine. Jesus is the only Savior. He died for the sins of man. He was the perfect atonement. He is the only one who gives salvation, and you must accept him or perish, sound doctrine. Jesus rose from the dead, sound doctrine. Heaven and hell are real. True teaching, sound doctrine. You know, those things are so important because those are the things that the world is tearing down today. Jesus, Jesus might have been a great teacher and a great prophet, but there's no way that he lived without sin. Haven't you seen the Da Vinci Code? He had an affair with, with Mary Magdalene. Haven't you seen that? Jesus was also in a homosexual relationship. Didn't you know that? There's no way that Jesus lived without sin. See, all these things out, out there right now, the Bible's not really true, guys. The Bible's just a collection of stories to help you live a good life. Have you guys ever heard this stuff? Have you... We have to stick to sound doctrine. We have to stick to the true teachings of the Bible. Now, let me ask you this. Where do we get our sound doctrine? Where? The Bible. This is basic stuff, but I want you to follow me for a minute. Our sound doctrine, our true teaching comes from this word right here. I want you to flip over to the book. Uh, actually, you're in, you're in 2 Timothy. Just go a page to the left. I want you to go to chapter 2. Verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like the King James Version, which says, Study to show yourself approved. If we're going to grow in our Christian faith, we need to study the Word of God. And you've heard that a hundred times from the pulpit from Pastor John. But we need to study the Word of God and not only study it. You see, here's the problem that we run into. How do you know that this book is true? How can you sit there tonight and tell me that you know for a fact that that book is true? How do you know it's not just a collection of great stories to help you live a good life? How do you know that if everything this book says is true, that Jesus really did die for your sin, that he rose from the dead, and he's coming back for you, how do you really know that that's true? If we're not sound in our faith, 
if we don't really know that there is so much evidence out there that not only proves that this word is true, but can back it with manuscript upon manuscript more than any other historical piece of writing, if we don't know that, then when our friends come by and say, you're, you're believing a bunch of lies, it's going to be easy to say, you know what, man, I don't know if the Bible is true. And that's where doubt comes in. I want you to turn over to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. And go to verse 14 with me. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Last scripture, go to the book of 1 Peter. You can turn all the way to the right, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. All scripture has been given by inspiration of God. First Peter chapter three, verse 15. And this is the scripture that's really going to help us grow. This is, this is the clincher right here. Are you there when you're there? Say, I got it. Okay, this is the one that is going to set the course for our study. Everything else up until this point was introduction. This is the scripture we need here. Chapter three, verse 15. Let's read. But sanctify. Who can tell me what that word means? Yeah, to make it holy, to make it pure, literally to set apart. So everyone say set apart. Let's read it in there. It says, but set apart the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. It says, but sanctify or set apart the Lord God in your hearts. Do you know what that, that, that translated literally means? Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, it's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not Krishna. It's not Scientology, Christian science. It's not all other religions in the world. Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. That you may always be ready to give a defense. So here's the thing. Apologetics is a fancy word that simply means a defense for your faith, giving a reason for what you believe. How many of you, if somebody caught you in class tomorrow and they put you on the spot, how many of you would be ready to say, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it? How many of you not only would be bold enough to say it, but you feel confident you'd be ready to say it? Let me see your hands. Okay, I have to tell you the truth. I feel like I might struggle in class tomorrow if somebody tries to put me on the spot. I know what it is I believe. I know what God has done. But there's something about that pressure when it comes. And the truth is we have to be ready. The scripture says always be ready to give a defense. But before we can be ready to give a defense, we need to be ready. And that's what we need. Tonight I want to begin to get into and send you home with some stuff that will help you um, really learn more about the word that's sitting in your lap right now. Because I know one of the questions that you may have is, is this Bible true? Can I trust it? Has anyone ever asked that question? Have, do, do you feel like, you know, especially for those of us who have grown up in the faith, 
Like we've come to church our entire lives. You start to come to an age and you're like, okay, is this Bible really true? Can I really trust that what I'm reading right here is is God's word for me? So the first thing we're going to do is begin to devote ourselves to learning the word of God so that we can then be ready to give a defense. Um, Mr. Chris, can you grab those worksheets? I know you're not going to like me very much, and that's okay. Because I recognize that I'm a teacher and I have a purpose. And my purpose is to train you. And you go to school so that you can learn reading, writing, and arithmetic so that you're not an idiot in the work world, right? So that you can actually do your job in the work world. You come to church so that we can teach you the word of God so you're not an idiot Christian, right? So you don't have to go to the bookstore and pick up Christians for idiots. You know, they probably do. Christianity for idiots, I'm pretty sure they do. They probably, they have it, yeah. Okay, don't, don't, don't really get into this, this paper just yet. I want to ask you guys some questions, okay? All right, while the paper's getting passed out, let me ask you guys some questions. Are you ready for this? How many of you believe that if you are a good person, you can get into heaven? Hands high. Okay. How many believe that there is one God, but there are many different ways to come to him? In other words, many different religions that you can come to him through. How many of you believe that there are um, inconsistencies in the book that you're holding in your lap? There are inconsistencies in the Bible that prove that it is not valid and not true. There are certain things that are not true in the Bible. How many of you believe that? Now you're just not going to answer honestly, right? How many of you believe that God did create the heavens and the earth, but the progression was an evolutionary process? In other words, God started the Big Bang. How many of you believe that? God started it, but it was an evolutionary process after that. Can I see your hands high? Okay. All right, so we have, we, have some different, we have some different beliefs here. I think it's really important because we need to get to the Word, and we need to follow and see what the Scripture says. Now, I want to walk through this worksheet with you. Let me just say this before we get to this worksheet. I want to say this to you very, very carefully, and this is totally from my heart with all sincerity. Listen, guys, I have six years at most with you. Each and every one of you means so much to me, and it, it, it's so silly for me to let you graduate out of here, and, and you go out of here, and you don't even know about the Word sitting in your lap, and you don't even have a relationship with God, and then we throw you out to the wolves, and you go into the world, and your life gets destroyed because you have no faith. You don't even know what it means to believe in God. So it would be wrong for me to graduate you and send you out of here and not have you get into this word. And, you know, I know you're probably doing this type of stuff at home, but follow me through here. Let's read this. The very first thing says, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to shew or show yourself, thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What is the word of truth? It's the word of God sitting in your lap. So you have to study. Before we can share our beliefs with others, we must really know what we believe. God has given us his word, the Bible, to teach us about his creation, the sin and separation of man from God, the forgiveness of sins and redemption of man through Jesus Christ, and the return of Jesus to judge the world. But 
Before we can learn from the Bible, we must first accept it as truth. How many of you can say right now, 100% wholeheartedly, you believe without a doubt every word written in that book? How many of you aren't sure? How many of you aren't sure? Look at you, you're looking around with my friend puts his hand up, I'll put my hand. How many of you aren't sure if you can believe every word written in that book? It's okay to be unsure. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Here we go. Can I just say this next statement is so important to understand? Read this with me. It takes faith to believe the Bible is truth. Stop. Most Christians stop right there. When they ask you, how can you believe that's true? I just believe it's true. I just, I just, I just believe it's true. That's it. It just is. That conversation is, that's not working. There, there, you, you cannot win an argument. You're not going to win a presidential candidate. It just is. It, that's the way it is. It just is. I, don't you hate when people do that to you? Yeah. Okay. Don't stop there. Don't say it just takes faith to believe in God. Keep reading with me. But you should also know, my dear friends, there is evidence. Everyone say evidence. There is evidence to confirm the truth and validity. That just means accuracy. Fancy word that means accuracy of the Bible. Here are five main categories of evidence. The Bible itself is evidence. Jesus himself is evidence. History and historical events are evidence. Archaeology is evidence and attests to the truth of the Word of God. Prophecy is evidence and proves the Word of God. Here we go now. Follow me. Your job this week is to choose two categories. Find evidence from each and explain how this evidence confirms that the Bible is truth. You must work together with at least one parent. And the reason why is I want you to begin to work with your parents to work this stuff out. I just think that would be really, maybe you're thinking that's not going to work, Mr. Kurt. Make it work. Find a way to work this out with at least one of your parents. And, and if they don't want to be involved, then, then you know, um, find another parent or find another elder. Find somebody, an aunt and uncle who actually loves the Lord. If you have both parents who don't want to help you, find an aunt and uncle or somebody who's older than you that can help you. Now, I've given you some examples here. Is anyone that's confused so far? Is there anyone that's confused? Are you all following? You all with me? Okay, let's give you an example. Okay, if I wanted to prove that the Bible proves that it's true, I could go to 2 Timothy 3.16, which we already read. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So what happens? The Bible literally confirms itself through this scripture. The Bible confirms it is true, and it is the inspired word of God. You see, that's what's so cool. The Bible is evidence for itself. The Bible prove, it proves itself. Jesus also proves that the Bible is truth. In Matthew 19, 4, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife? Say, what in the world, Mr. Kurt? What does that have to do with proof? Read this now. This quote is from the book of Genesis. Jesus is speaking in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the New Testament. Jesus is quoting the Old, Test Old Testament. By quoting this, Jesus is confirming the accuracy of the book of Genesis and the creation story. Do you see that? Do you see how that? He's quoting an Old Testament book, which confirms the creation story and confirms the book of Genesis. Let's read the next one. 
history. How many of you ever heard of Josephus? Some of you in your studies at school? Josephus, you ever heard that name? Josephus is a Jewish historian. He, doc he documents and confirms many of the events mentioned in the Old and New Testament. You see, here's the thing that Americans... Well, here's the thing that we've sort of bit off and received and chewed. In our culture today, we have totally accepted the lie from the world that tells us that the Bible is not true, that Jesus is not real, and God is not real. But I am here to tell you today that no true historian, not just the Jewish historians, listen to me very carefully, there is no true historian that denies the existence of Jesus. You need to understand that. See, we just sit around in the church, and when we grow up in the church, we just, we just receive everything people say to us. And that's why we never know, is God real? Is the Bible true? Did Jesus exist? Or, or is all of this a lie? People are more apt to believe that the Da Vinci Code is real than the word sitting in your lap is real. The Da Vinci Code is a marketing tool of the enemy to mix fictional accounts, to mix historical accounts with fiction to mix historical accounts with fiction, to get you to think that God is not real, that Jesus really was a sinner. You have to know the story. How many of you have seen The Da Vinci Code? Most of that movie is entirely false. Most of that book is entirely false. But it did a great job of putting doubts in our mind. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start. You see, the very first thing that we talked about was how do we get sound doctrine? Where does our sound doctrine come as Christians? From the Bible. How can we believe the Bible if we don't know that it's true? So, this is your homework this week, is to go home and to find two, take two of these categories and begin to do some research. You could use Jesus. You could use the Bible. You could use some evidence that's out there. I've given you two books down here. If you want to go to the library and try to take them out, if you want to see if your parents maybe have one of the books, but um, there's some great resources. Let me say this to you. If you're going online to do some research, you need to find some credible sources. You have to find some like electronic journals. You can't just bring in Wikipedia next week and, uh, and say that you're all set. You have to find some real credible stuff, okay? Now here's, here's another note to you. Here's what I want to explain to you. I would probably be willing to bet that three quarters, listen to me, stop rumbling your papers, don't do anything right now. I'm assuming that three quarters of you right now are thinking, this is bogus and I'm not doing this. I'm not going to make you do this. I'm not going to have your parents sign it. You doing it with your parents is for your own benefit. Listen, we're going to the next level. Either you choose to come along or you don't. And you know what? I love you enough to let you do whatever it is that you want to do. We're going to go along to the next level, and we're going to get what God has for us. We're going to see next week if there really is some validity to this Bible that we're holding in our hands. So you can either take the time and do this work this week. You don't have to. It's up to you. But those of you who are really hungry, come. Because we're going to find out that there's a lot of truth that proves this Bible that you're holding in your lap. I don't have all the answers, but I'm excited to study this thing out with you and begin to see that the Bible is true from Genesis to Revelation. I want to read these sound doctrines to you again. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. The Bible is true, written by God, inspired by, written by God through man. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus is the Son of God, fully God and fully man. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus lived without sin, the only perfect man. 
This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus is the only Savior. He died for the sins of man. He was the perfect atonement. He is the only one who gives salvation. You must accept him or perish. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus rose from the dead. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Jesus will return to judge the world. This is the true teaching of the Christian faith. Christian faith. Heaven and hell are real. These are things that we can't walk away from if we're going to look at the Bible and receive it and accept it as true. So we're going to be doing some studying. We're going, to, we're going to look at the Bible, find out that it's real, find out there's a whole bunch of evidence that points to how real it is. Then we're going to look at Jesus. Because if the Bible is true, we have to accept that Jesus is who he says he is. We have to accept that God created the heavens and the earth. So we're going to look at creation. We're going to take some time and go through all this stuff. How many of you say, you know what? I'm with you, Mr. Kurt. I'm willing to do this homework assignment. How many of you say you're going to do this? You're going to commit to doing it? If you can't, that's fine. Don't sweat it. Okay, come on back next week with some evidence that we can find out that this word is true. Would you stand to your feet and pray with me tonight? Father, I bless this generation, and I thank you for your word that has come forth tonight. Lord, I know that we're going to the next level, and in order to get to the next level, we've got to find out what we really believe. Before we can ever go out and preach the word, we need to know the word. And Father, I pray that you're gracious enough to have communicated that through me tonight. Lord, I pray for anything that didn't come across the way you wanted it to, that you would just really get it to every heart tonight. While they sleep, Lord, just begin to stir every heart here and, uh, and really prepare us for what you have in these next few weeks. Father, we want more of you. All we want is more of you. Father, we recognize that the heavens and the earth will pass away before one stroke of the letter of the law will ever fail.